the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another thrill-packed edition of Unite, i.e. Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. And coming up in our next segment, we're going to have somebody, Don, who's going to tell, who's, who trains us. And we've done, we've, you and I have done the training about how to be that private citizen and fulfill the obligations of that most important political office, Mark Kerr from the Center for Self-Governance. And I, I think it's worth noting as we kick off 2018, this is looking to be a very, uh, I mean, a, a huge year. We thought 2017 had a lot in it. 2018 is going to have more. It's kicked off with a bang with the conversations on immigration, the impact of tax reform. We've got locally two very influential uh, congressmen that have announced their plans to retire, Daryl Issa and Ed Royce. Uh, I would imagine there might be a few more of those announcements coming at us across the country. And nowhere does it uh, strike more to the heart of the conversation of how do we as citizens influence our government, regain our political power that we have? Because a lot of people view, you know, is government is powerful. I can't, the number of times I go out and register voters who say, my vote doesn't count, my voice doesn't count. And I just look at them and it's like, I don't even know where to begin to counter that conversation that happens so uh, so frequently, uh, you know, when we're out interacting with the public. Yeah, we're going to ask, we'll, I'll ask the question now, we're going to answer the question in our next segment with Mark Herr, is who thinks the government has too much power? Right. And you know, when I've asked that question in, in, at the Tea Party and other groups, <laughs> Every hand, practically every hand in the in the room goes up. Well, so stay tuned because we're going to answer that question in uh, the next segment with Mark Herr. Exactly, and you mentioned we've both been through this training. I think as a further introduction to just who Mark Herr is and who the Center for Self Governance is. And by the way, you might get your pens and papers out because you will definitely want to jot some information down. The first piece of information is the website for the Center for Self-Governance. It's www.centerforselfgovernance.com. You'd think today, in, with with today's modern URLs, we could shorten that up a little bit, but there it is, Center for Self-Governance. And Marker, who's the co-founder of that, uh, is going to be talking about the training uh, that they're doing coming up on January the 21st. You can jot that date down and just what you can expect to get out of that training and why it's so important because as we have 2018 getting ready to unfold, this is a very important electoral well, year. It all goes back to that. Uh, people don't learn it now probably in school. I certainly did when I was going to school. Is after the, after the Constitutional Convention had wrapped up and they had finally reached an agreement on the, the Constitution, a woman in, in, in Philadelphia, Elizabeth Powell, who has a great story in and of herself, approaches Benjamin Franklin. 
on the street and says, well, doctor, what have you given us, a monarchy or a republic? And he says, a republic, and then sometimes says, madam, there's there's a speed of where he said madam or not, if you can keep it. Exactly. To a lady, by the way, context for this conversation, in this year, women could not vote, they could not own property, and Uh, they could not hold political office. Ah, the good old days. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Don't turn this radio show off, ladies. He's laughing. We're laughing. It's a joke. But yes, in the context of those days. So what was a woman, what kind of political influence could a woman wield? Well, as it turns out, a lot, because not only did she encourage uh, George Washington to be our first president, she was the one that was almost single-handedly responsible for him deciding to seek a second term in office. And we're going to learn more about the Center for Self-Governance and how we as citizens can exert control over our government and keep the republic with Mark Herr, the co-founder of the Center for Self-Governance, coming up in our next segment after this word from Ed Hoffman of Wholesale Capital Corporation, the place to go for your real estate lending needs, both residential and commercial. Back after this. Hey, Larry Elder here. Now, if you're a homeowner thinking about refinancing or you'd like to be a homeowner and aren't sure where to start, Call my friend Ed Hoffman at Wholesale Capital Corporation. Rates are great right now, and from what Ed tells me, there are a lot of great opportunities out there in real estate. You need a lender you can count on, and I can vouch for Ed. He'll deal with you straight and advise you like you're part of the family. Just give Ed a call at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. I know Ed, he's a good guy who'll talk to you like a friend and won't make you feel like you've just walked into a shark tank. Now is the time to buy or refinance. Give my friend Ed Hoffman a call at Wholesale Capital Corporation. Again, 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. Or visit him online, wccloans.com. 855-640-2020. AM 590, the answer. This is Assemblywoman Melissa Melendez urging you to tune in to Unite IE Radio every Saturday afternoon at 4 p.m. on AM 590, The Answer. Welcome back to the Unite Inland Empire radio program. Truly the radio show for the most important political office in the country, that of private citizens. And I think, Greg, every person that's in the sound of our voice that's listening to this show, whether live or on podcast, is a private citizen for the most part, wouldn't you say? Yes. Absolutely. And... Reclaiming our political power is something that isn't as obvious and easy to do when you don't know exactly what your political power is and how to wield it. Yeah, people think of the government has the power. And uh, we have on the line with us, as we talked in our first segment, we're pleased to have Mark Herr from the Center for Self-Governance. And you and I have taken this training, and it's really kind of an a... Uh, paradigm shift in how you think about government and your role vis-a-vis the government. So it's, it's really, we really recommend it. And while we're on the subject, we do have Center for Self-Governance training coming up in our area. Absolutely. And, when's, and when and where is that? That oh, Mar- I, I heard Mark on the other line getting ready to pipe in. Mark, do you have the details or... Uh... Do you want yeah, me to gentlemen, pull it's great to hang out with you on this amazing 2018. Uh, it's going to be an epic year for America. Um, so, 
Everybody, make sure you fasten your seatbelts because this is going to be quite a ride. Um, we do have online live training. Uh, it's going to be held in Riverside, and you can join in online. Uh, just go to our website, centerforselfgovernance.com, click on California, and there it is. You register, and we'll make it all happen for you. Our training is designed to teach people foundational and applied civics. Huge gap, Grand Canyon Gulf uh, regarding civics in our country. Um, and so we encourage folks to, to, to learn applied civics. How do you influence the destiny of your country, your society, your community, and even your own destiny? And our training focuses on the private citizen empowering them to make change at the most local, state, and even the federal level. Um, our students have had phenomenal success in 2017 and even epic success in just the last couple of days. Now, you, I just want to add on to what you've said about the training. Um, this is going to be on January the 21st. As you've said, you can do it online or we have a location in Riverside where you can join other people in taking this training January 21st, it's 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. There will be a break for a meal, and it's at the the body shop, Ben Clymer's body shop on uh, Magnolia Avenue in Riverside. The details of this we're going to post to the UniteIE.com website so you can get more information. You can sign up right there, or you can come in and take it and be uh, together with other individuals that are learning about this as well. One of the paradigm shifts of this uh, that I learned from the outset, and then I've, uh, when I've tried to promote this uh, training to other, to other patriot activists, is you ask the question, does the government have too much power? And you ask a room, and virtually every hand in the, in the, in the room goes up when they say, yes, the government has too much power. And then he explained to them that the government doesn't, that all power is inherent in the people. The government doesn't have power. Elaborate on that paradigm shift, Mark. Yes, this is one of the most important paradigm shifts in world history. It's the concept that government is not a beast. It's not a living entity that you are to fear like you would a dog or a lion or a wolf. But in fact, it's like a plane or a refrigerator or a car. It's something that's an object. It's a, it's a tool. It's something that helps you accomplish something. And as a system, as an object, as an it, it's something that if you learn, like a mechanic, it's something that you can fix. If it's a beast, however, you're stuck in the paradigm of fearing the beast or trying to kill the beast, like in Beauty and the Beast. But in reality, the reality is the earth is not flat, and government is not a beast. Government is an object, and if you learn it, it's possible for you to become a mechanic of your government and change the destiny of the system, the plane, the, the government. Now Fantastic. That, it's an amazing paradigm. Now, that paradigm shift has been rolling out across the United States ever since you started the Center for Self-Governance. It was originally based out of Tennessee. You guys were born out of the uh, so-called Tea Party, the birth of the Tea Party movement back in 2009, got frustrated with uh, the fact that standing on a street corner wasn't getting any results, so you dug right. in, learned about what these principles are, and as you've been rolling 
them out across the United States, you now have a, a, a resume of success. I think at the top of that pile is the success <laughs> that you guys enjoyed in Virginia in March of 2014 when Eric Cantor, then one of the most powerful individuals in the House of Representatives, one of the most powerful Republicans, the House Majority Leader, was in his bid for re-election in a primary and got primaried by an economics professor with a fraction of the money, David Bratt, who is now a very involved member of Congress in the in the uh, House uh, Freedom Caucus. Yes, he is, and um, that is that is definitely one of the uh, our top ten successes of our students nationwide. Um, just this past Monday, January eighth, in a Las Vegas federal court building. Um, on January 8th, in the about 9.30 in the morning, uh, something epic happened in our country. A federal judge who worked for Harry Reid's son as county commissioner and attorney related to China deals and property related to solar fields that directly impacted the Bundy standoff in 2014, okay, the same year as uh, uh, Dave Brett was able to take the reins in Congress from Eric Cantor, the Bundys have been in a four-year saga, two years in federal prison without being released, any bail, nothing, nothing. They were treated as domestic terrorists and a threat to society. But just this January 8th, the, the, the same federal judge looked at the federal prosecutors and said the following quote, you have violated the rights of the Bundy family. And she dismissed the entire case. They can never be retried for this entire situation ever again. It's an amazing thing. And that ripple, that rock, was started by Center for Self-Governance graduates from the state of Idaho. They deserve all the credit. I can't say their names on the air because there's ongoing things that they're involved with. But they deserve the credit for this. Wow. Uh, They got the Attorney General of the United States involved. Now, this morning, it seems that Congress is going to start an investigation. And so this ripple, this ability for average private citizens to change the destiny of their country, starts with the paradigm that government is not a beast. It's not something you fear. It's a tool that you use. And if, like a mechanic, if you learn it, you can fix it and you can change destiny. You talk a lot about keeping the republic and the training that I went through and the and how to maintain you. You need government. The government has to do certain things, but the natural tendency of government is to gain more authority. And unless the citizens are prepared, trained, equipped, and motivated to balance the government and stay in control of the government. Yes, that's a great point, Greg, because... If, if we're following the theory that government is an object and not a beast, and like a mechanic, you can learn how to fix it, this is very important concept here, then government is not a group of people. Government is a system. It's something that separates people. The governing like the FBI agents, the governing like President Trump and Attorney General Sessions, the governing are human beings just like you. And the government is what separates us. And the purpose of our government our system is not just to confine the chaos of a home invader or a, or a, a thug who mugs, you know, mugs you on the street. It's also designed in our country to confine the oppression of those prosecutors in the Bundy case, the oppression of the kill list that was uh, instigated by Dan Love, the chief BLM agent, 
from the whistleblower of Agent Wooten, who who exposed this entire thing, uh, from from the um, the National Forest Service agents who close off roads. Our system of government is designed to not just confine chaos; it's designed to confine oppression. And as private citizens, you all have the right to learn this system, to build relations, and to maintain our system of government so that we all can enjoy stability in our lives and prosperity in the future. So the government that we seem to have right now is the result of folks like us not being involved, not exerting our political power, and folks on the other side of the aisle with a different vision and a different goal for America and the world and governing have been the ones who have been wielding their political power, which is why we're at right now. And that's why we see instability in our structure of government. That's why we see the growth of oppression, the expansion of corruption. It's not because the governing have bad intentions. It's because of their human nature. When they gain control and influence, our natural human tendency is for oppression to grow. Just like chaos of a baby, the oppression the oppression uh, in an abusive household, uh, the oppression in your work settings. They're, it's not because they're smarter than you or they're more intelligent than you or their intentions are greater than yours. It's because their human nature is at play. And the founders of the United States recognized that, and that's why they designed our Republican structure of government, and they gave maintenance responsibility to the governed. And that's that's the beauty of our system of government. It's absolutely fantastic, and I encourage everyone um, to please, please consider uh, learning your system of government and how to maintain it. Well, it's essential because if, if they don't, if the citizens don't, then you lose the republic. You lose your liberty. Yeah, and, and I know what you, you, I know what you have. Go ahead. You start to experience instability. Like we are, turbulent, like turbulence in a plane, right? Uh, or Flight 93, people storm the cockpit trying to overthrow the plane because they have a different direction they want to take it. But nobody really thinks about the maintenance crew of an airplane, right? You're just a passenger and you just want their country to go from point A to point B. Well, we obviously go through elections and we elect blue and red jersey pilots to turn the plane left to right. But what about the maintenance crew in our country? We need to build a 21st century maintenance crew to learn how to maintain our structure of government, not just through elections of blue and red jersey pilots, and not just with arguments in the cabin about, you know, gay this and and immigration that and um, gender neutral this and political correctness that. But what about the structure? What about the airplane itself? Somebody's got to pay attention to maintenance. And, and that's we, what Center for Self-Governance focuses on. And with midterms uh, literally uh, right in front of us, this is a perfect time to get involved so you can begin to see how that, how learning how to wield your political power can influence everything from local city council elections all the way up to, uh, you know, the halls of Congress. Mark Herr, the co-founder and CEO president, Grand Exalted Imperial Poobah of the Center for <laughs> Self-Governance. Hey, don't talk, Don. Don, but Don, we trumpeted when 
you came in. (laughs) Thank you so much for being with us, taking a moment out of your busy day to be with us. The training coming up on January 21st from 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. can be taken over the computer or in person at Ben Clymer's The Body Shop on Magnolia Riverside. Get more information on our website, uniteie.com, or on the Center for Self-Governance's website, centerforselfgovernance.com. Mark her. Bless you and thank you, Patriot. you guys too. Bless you very much. Happy New Year to you and your families. 2018 is going to is sizing up to be an epic year. Indeed it is. Thank you, Mark. We'll be back with more on UniteIERadio.com after this message from our sponsors. Ed Hoffman of Wholesale Capital Corporation, the place to go for your real estate lending needs both residential and commercial. Back after this. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman, president of Wholesale Capital Corporation and host of the main event, which airs every weekend here on AM590, The Answer. I'm proud to be a part of the effort to make America great again, not just by supporting this station and conservative movement, but also by helping people achieve the American dream of homeownership. Whether you're looking to achieve that dream and you need financing, or you already own a home and you're considering refinancing your mortgage in order to lower your payment, shorten your term, or pay off high-interest debt, or if you're over 62 and want to look into that great financing tool known as a reverse mortgage, call me at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, toll free day or night, 855-640-2020. I'll give you all your options, answer all your questions, and walk you through the process. And don't forget to listen to my show, The Main Event, Saturdays at 10 a.m. and 9 p.m., Sundays at 8 a.m., right here on AM 590, The Answer. Licensed by the California Bureau of Real Estate Broker License Number 01147747 and California Finance Lenders License Number 603K610. Also licensed in Arizona by the Arizona Department of Financial Institutions, MB Number 096199. AM 590, The Answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. We, we, we quote Justice Brandeis so often, that's kind of our tagline for the show, but it, 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 it is so true that a republic, like as we have, depends upon the citizens counterbalancing the government. The government, the natural tendency of government is to gain authority, to try to take more power, to restrict the liberty of its citizens. That's, that's human nature. And our founders of our republic understood human nature. It's been so uh, common now just to, well, what are these, you know, not only were these bad people, they were slave owners or white males, or, you know, what are all this bad, they were just bad people, but also they were from the, they were from the 18th century, the 1700s, what the heck do they know about modern, about modern life? But they did understand human nature. And well, human nature hasn't changed. Well, they did. We've got some very local examples of that, for instance. And I know that you were very involved originally when folks like Chad Mays decided to run for assembly. A guy who, by all pretenses, seemed like he had bona fide conservative credentials and a worldview that lined up with ours, a constitutional worldview. He goes off to serve. And next thing you know... He's beginning to do do. He's beginning to become a creature of the swamp, if you will. He's beginning to uh, his his own values and worldviews are shifting because of the influence that he is uh, that is being exerted on him, mostly because there's no counter influence uh, on him from the people in his electorate. True, and so so he. he led the effort by the Republicans to provide the votes for the cap-and-trade in the last session, which is going to increase gas prices by 73 cents or more a gallon. 
as well as increase all other energy prices. So the question to you, Greg, is knowing what the benefit is of the training from the Center for Self-Governance. If we had in place a Keep the Republic team that was actively working with him throughout his uh, years in the assembly, would he have migrated over to the dark side and joined the Democrats in uh, in in passing cap and trade, or would he have stood firm in what he originally believed, which is you know limited taxation, limited authority of government? You can never say for sure, but the ch- the odds are, the chances are that he's going to stay true to what the people want, to what he promised his voters, are much greater. The much the closer you maintain your watch over him, and part, I and mean, we didn't have a chance to talk with Mark about it, but what self governance teaches is there's two sides to it. There is the outside game. Let's have protests. Let's have rallies. Let's motivate. The, let's educate the public. Tactics, all, if you right. will. But there's also the inside game of building relationships with the people inside the government, the elected as well as the appointed officials, and it's and. The combination of those two things and is we what have, make them as effective. And we have a number of examples right here in the Inland Empire of what we call Keep the Republic teams that have been actively working alongside their governing officials in order to exert their influence and their political power and steer decisions that would have gone against you know, this notion, this idea of a constitutional right. republic, limited government. And when you attend this training, you will learn more about what local citizens have done in order to exert their reclaim and exert their political power. Right. Just an example in Riverside, they persuaded the Riverside Council to oppose a utility tax increase. And that's just one of many. All right. We have more coming up on the Unite Inland Empire radio program. After the break, we will get into the immigration conversation uh, that unfolded this week, as well as other uh, things of interest that have happened here to kick off 2018. Welcome back to the United Inland Empire radio program. And as we learned in the first segment, and as we always say, the most important political, the most important radio show for the most important political office in the country, that of private citizen. Great interview with Mark Herr. And we are the number one conservative talk radio show in our market in our time slot. On our station. Yes. <laughs> so remember that. 4 p.m. every Saturday. So 2018, kicking off with a bang, the Subject, and I think the topic that captivated the electorate around Donald Trump, those of us that are concerned about the direction of this country and the impact that immigration is having, this was one of the one of the things that stood out in that that escalator speech, if you will, was his uh, commentary on immigration, and that's what earned him, I think, a solid base that was willing to rally around him. Because Ann Coulter had come out with the book Adios America just before this, in fact, and I think she partially took credit for his emphasis on immigration in that speech. Absolutely. He would not be president but for, but for that. It was to come out there and he, in that first speech, yeah, they're not sending us our best. They're sending, I don't know the exact words, but they're sending criminals, you know, maybe some good people as well. And, and the establishment went, you can't say that. He's done. And he shot to the top of the polls based on that because he was saying what so many people have said that Donald Trump is saying what I'm thinking. Exactly. And his words, when he gets up and speaks, he's talking in language that 
the average person, the forgotten man, can understand and grasp. And when people hear him say, build the wall and chant, you know, build the wall uh, or lock her up, do you think that most people, Greg, when they say build the wall, mean literally build the wall or are they talking about fix all of the problems that are <clears throat> that are associated with the immigration issue in this country? Well, I think it's both. I think people building the wall uh, was one of the center, probably the single most important repeated key promise that he made to the people. And unfortunately, that's something, of course, that uh, under, under the Constitution, there's that pesky Constitution, is that the Congress has to appropriate the money. And the Democrats, because the Republicans keep the this, silly this filibuster rule, they can block funding for the wall. So now we can. So now we come to this current immigration discussion, and there was this huge meeting at the White House, and it was it was a huge historic meeting at the White House. Right. And why was it historic? Well, well it was interesting because they, they Trump kept the the press in, they kept the cameras in there while they were having their substantive discussion. Normally, they'll bring in for the people of the meeting, they'll, the press will come in, and maybe some remarks, and then the press gets kicked out. Well, then they, they carry on their discussion. Not this time, and it's interesting what, perhaps why Donald Trump chose that. So, so he went around the table and talked to everything, you know, you know, Senator Feinstein, what do you think, and so on and so on and so on, and they all got a chance to say what they think. And it wasn't like there was a conscious remark that he made during the uh, uh, during the conversation that said, "Hey, we're going to leave the cameras in." It just sort of unfolded organically. Uh, I don't, you know, and and his intention may very well have been to leave the cameras in, but it's not like he started off the meeting saying, "We're going to do something different today, guys. We're going to leave the cameras in." He just didn't invite them to leave. Correct. And what it may what it may have been. Uh, is that you have all this discussion, this book has come out that portrays, portrays him as mentally unstable. Of course, the, the author is not a reliable author. Even mainstream media people say this guy is not a reliable person. But you watch that meeting and you go, uh, anyone who saw any part of that would go, he's, really, Trump is, is mentally unfit? that when they call him a Nazi, they call him all these terrible things. And, he, and, and he, they're all sitting around the table with him now carrying on a discussion in a reasonable tone of voice, in a reasonable manner, in a civil discussion about these issues. And he's in command, clear command in the meeting. He's not being authoritarian. He's not being, he's being collaborative. He's being really what, a, what you envision a leader to be in a meeting like that, where you've got, again, a historic meeting where the cameras are left in. You've got a bipartisan and by Housel, what do you call it when both the House and the Senate are in a meeting? I don't know what the term. Toga party? Yeah, okay. <laughs> a toga party. Yeah. And uh, so you got you got all this collaboration going on. And the preeminent issue, the issue that defined his presidency, that earned him uh, the core of folks that came out in support of him and grew from there, immigration. That this this determining issue, which really does, when you look historically, and Ann Coulter's book documents this, since 1965, 59 million Americans, uh, million immigrants, sorry, have been brought into this country. Uh, no, no more, uh, more people than almost any other time in history. It was the reason we've now gotten to 14 and projections percent, projections are to 17%. This is what 
caused uh, immigration to be shut down in this country starting in 1920-ish was the fact that we had this wave of immigration that was not assimilating and was in danger of shifting the uh, uh, American culture. So they shut down immigration for 40 years. It reopened in 1965 thanks to Ted Kennedy and since then has been growing to the point to where it's almost gotten uh, as and, and wages of American workers just coincidentally have been declining in real terms ever since. Right. Because, surprise, surprise, the law of supply and demand applies to the labor market like it applies to every other market. Which the left just seems to ignore that reality. Well, they're busy stacking the voting deck. So here's, so here's, so here's what's really going on, um, is that... The Democrats are using immigration. They now understand the political ramifications of immigration. So you can watch this, these video. You watch this. Uh, uh, you look at statements from back in the 1990s of, de- of prominent Democrats. Oh, we have to enforce immigration laws. We need to secure our border. Uh, President Clinton in 95 or 96 goes up to the State of the Union. Oh, we need to control immigration. And it's flipped. Now it's become Amnesty. Amnesty, amnesty, mass immigration, this chain migration, where for every two immigrants that come in, legal immigrants, seven more get in under chain migration. Well, and we also had a very important revelation that unfolded this week. Daily Caller reported that there was a memo that was leaked that essentially said that the dreamers are critical to the Democrats' the Democrats' future electoral success. So everything that we've assumed about immigration and these Ill, this body of illegal immigrants that's in this country, we now had verified because of a leaked memo that essentially from the Center for American Progress Action Fund that essentially said dreamers are a critical component of the Democratic Party's future electoral success. So by their own words, they've admitted it. Beyond admitting it, the Democrats and their allies have a strategy to use immigration to achieve a permanent leftist majority in America. And we have a video to start off our next segment with from Trevor Loudon that shows how the, ch- the change in the Democrat Party on this issue. After this word from All-Star Collision, the place to take your car when you have an accident because they are truly the kings of rock and roll. Back after this. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. AM590, the answer. This is Senator Mike Morrell asking you to tune in to Unite IE Radio every Saturday at 4 o'clock on AM 590, The Answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. And Coulter has said that immigration is the most important issue because it determines all other issues. And this clip from Trevor Loudon shows the change in the Democrat Party as the Democrat Party and its and its leftist allies have learned this. Let's hear the clip. 
The communist-controlled union's greatest successes has been changing official Democratic Party policy from strong opposition to illegal immigration. And the illegal alien population is growing by more than a quarter of a million people a year. Harry Reid, 1993. Yet we're doing almost nothing to encourage these people to go home or even to deter them from coming here in the first place. To militantly supporting amnesty for illegals. We have to have a pathway to legalization. It has to get done. We Harry Reid, 2013. Isn't it about time we had a president understand that 12 million workers in the shadows is not acceptable in this country? If we cannot get comprehensive immigration reform as we need and as we should, then I will go as far as I can, even beyond President Obama. Before immigration debates took place in Washington. I talked with Alcia Medina. Alisao Medina is one of this country's most influential communists, a member of Democratic Socialists of America and a leader of the 1.8 million strong SEIU. Medina has crisscrossed America promoting amnesty for more than 20 years. The big question is why? The Democrats know that in order to gain permanent progressive majority, they need more voters. And those voters are not going to come from the United States. We reform the immigration laws and puts 12 million people on the path to citizenship and eventually voters. And there's not 11 million of them. There's between 20 and 50 million. And we add to that the million Latino citizens who this year will turn 18. Plus all our allies in the African-American community, the LGBT voters and younger voters. We have to register every single Muslim to vote in 2016. Environmental voters, women voters, Asian voters, union voters. Can you imagine if we have the Muslim vote can be the swing vote in major states. We will create a governing coalition for the long term, not just for an election cycle. Together, we are the new American coalition that will dominate politics for decades to come. A lot of those voices we recognize, some of them we don't. Important clip. We'll put it up on our Facebook page so folks can watch that and share that. But I've been collecting, you know, a a myriad of clips from anywhere from Chuck Schumer to Nancy Pelosi, Barack Obama, who it seems like up till about 2006, 2007, we're all on record as, you know, opposing a pathway to citizenship for illegal aliens. Something flipped in 2006. And after that, we now have this push, which came out in the meeting that we have this week in a variety of different conversations. We have, for instance, Dianne Feinstein, who spoke at this confab that happened at the White House, talking about her desire for a clean DACA uh, immigration. Which means just... Amnesty for amnesty for the DACA illegal immigrants and nothing else. So she came out with that. Exactly. She came out with that statement. And then President Obama, uh, President Trump, pardon me, uh, chimed in and then got clarified. Let's hear that clip, because that clip is responsible for a lot of discussion on this meeting and the immigration issue. As you know, we tried for comprehensive immigration reform in the Senate. It was on the floor. There were a number of amendments. It got a lot of attention in the Judiciary Committee. And then the House didn't take it up. Um, 
I think there needs to be a willingness on both sides. Um, and I think, and I don't know how you would feel about this, but I'd like to ask the question, what about a clean DACA bill now uh, with a commitment that we go into a comprehensive immigration reform procedure like we did back, oh, I remember when Kennedy was here, and it was really a major, major effort. And... Uh, it was a great disappointment that it went nowhere. nowhere. Uh, I have no problem. I, I think that's basically what Dick is saying. We're going to come out with DACA. We're going to do DACA. And then we can start immediately on the phase two, which would be comprehensive. Would be agreeable yeah, I would like, I would like to do that. Go ahead. I think a lot of people would like to see that. But I think we have to do DACA first. Mr. President, you, you need to be clear, though. I, I, think, I think what Senator Feinstein's asking here, when we talk about just DACA, we don't want to be back here two years later. You have to have security, as the secretary would tell you. But I think that's what you're saying. I think, no, 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 I think she's saying something different. I'm thinking you're saying DACA without security. Are you talking about security as well? Well, I, I think if, if we have some meaningful, comprehensive uh, in, uh, immigration reform, that's really where the security goes. And if we can get the DACA bill, because March is coming, and people are losing their status every day. But, but let's be honest with you. Security was voted on just a few years ago. And, and no disrespect, there's people in the room on the other side of the aisle who voted for it. I, if I recall, Senator Clinton voted for it. So I don't think that's comprehensive. I think that's dealing with DACA at the same time. I think that's really what the president's making. It's kind of like three pillars. DACA, because we all, we're all in the room want to do it. Border security, so we're not back out here, and chain migration. It's just three items, and then everything else that's comprehensive is kind of moved to the side. So I believe yeah, when the president talks about DACA, and a lot that is what you should add merit. I mean, if you can, add merit based. <laughs> and then they went on to discuss the uh, a, a bill that apparently has been built in the House called the Goodlatte Bill or the SAFE Act. Right, and that includes. A lot of what we've wanted in terms of, of actual immigration reform that benefits America and American workers, Inter- mandatory E-Verify, ending chain migration, ending the visa lottery program, building the wall. And we, we, we talked to the border, the border Patrol agents uh, a few months ago on our show. They both said that physical barriers are very important and helpful to their work. Hungary built a wall or a double-layer fence, stopped illegal immigration there by more than 99%. Same thing in Israel. The wall there stopped illegal entries into Israel by more than 99%. Now, Numbers Numbers USA has come out and analyzed this. They support the Goodlatte Bill or the SAFE Act, S-A-F Act, and they call this, interestingly enough, amnesty for the DACA individuals. And this is how this particular bill reads for DACA. Legislatively provides legal status. Individuals who receive deferred action on the basis of being brought to the U.S. as minors get a three-year renewable legal status allowing them to work and travel overseas. There is no special path to green card, no amnesty, quote-unquote, citizenship. Recipients may only make use of existing pathways to green cards. So do you support that? Uh, 
Along with the other, th- if getting you, the if, other things. If all those things stay in, but the tendency will be to, to, to be dropping those things out. There needs to be, and it's, it's not clear from what you just read and when I, and when I read in the article, is how many people this is going to cover. There were about 800,000 that applied under Obama's illegal executive amnesty program. Estimates, and the estimates are not very reliable, is that there are maybe 3 million that were that came to illegal immigrants that came to America when they were under 18. The bureaucracy cannot be counted on to honestly administer that. There was a former inspector for the for the Department of Homeland Security that said there's a 40% fraud rate in the Obama's DACA amnesty program. So you say, unless you, you need to put a cap on it. Whatever the cap is, that's the number, and it shall not be exceeded without further act of Congress. Otherwise, they're gonna, you're going to have 10 million that are going to apply, and the Democrat apparatchiks and the bureaucracy, whether out of laziness or out of polit- for political reasons, are going to rubber stamp approve them. Right. I agree. We're going to post this up to the UniteIE.com Facebook page. You can go to the Unite Inland Empire Facebook page. It's spelled out, Unite Inland Empire. And we want to hear from you about this. What do you think about this, quote-unquote, good lat bill or the SAFE Act? And uh, the language that's in this, there's going to be two pay- two pictures of a infographic that peels out the different aspects of this from e-verify to getting rid of chain migration and the lotto system and uh, we want to hear from you so go to our facebook page unite inland empires facebook page and tell us what you think greg you held a groundbreaking governor's debate we want to get your thoughts on this as we continue on the unite inland empire radio program after this word from all star collision the boys to take your car when you have an accident because they are truly the kings of wreck and roll back after this. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. AM590, the answer. Well, welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. We were so pleased at the Residency Party Patriots to host a first debate between the two principal Republican governor candidates, John Cox and Travis Allen, last Thursday, January 4. And uh, needless to say, it was, it was a huge victory. And I haven't decided who I'm going to vote for, but it was a huge victory for Travis Allen. He already had a big, we did a before and after straw poll. And I thought he would he might he would have the edge just from talking to our people coming in, and he did sixty seven percent. But the uh, going out, he had eighty percent of the vote, and he he really he connects with people, many of our people, on an emotional level, the way similar to what Donald Trump connects with his people. He doesn't with me yet. But with many of our people, he does, and he's clearly the front runner among the patriot activist community. Yeah, I, and, I, and, and by the way, thank you. You were you were you were one of our moderators, Don. Well, thank you for the opportunity. I had the opportunity to ask a number of questions, and I think some of the answers were very illuminating. Um, 
to, you know, learn more about because both of these candidates, you know, they have, uh, you know, a conservative worldview, let's just say broadly speaking. But now the job is trying to peel that back to understand exactly what it is that differentiates legitimately differentiates these two candidates besides as you started out the debate saying okay you've got Travis Allen that's being uh, indicted on quote-unquote contributions that he made uh, in 2011-12 it turns out there are contributions in the form of buying seats and tables at events because he wanted to hear what these people had to say okay but that, okay, that's still that, that's a contribution and that and that's that's try, that's that's kind of uh trying to uh, get around that uh, is he went to a fundraising but I don't think at the time he looked at those as contributions but they are when you go when you go to a hundred dollar or a thousand dollar or five hundred dollar a plate fundraising dinner you're making a contribution I think he and, bought a table at one event yeah. that was a thousand dollars uh he bought tickets to go to other right events. But, but the, and then and then john and then john cox voted for gary johnson as a protest vote in 2016 instead of donald trump after cox had originally supported ted cruz okay and and that was one that was one of the disappointments is they spent a vast amount of time at the debate rehashing that and rehashing that and rehashing that instead of really laying out a vision of how you're going how you how you're going to help the working men and women of California if you get elected right so so I think there were a couple of interesting uh, areas that separated them. Judy asked a question about supporting law enforcement and uh you know both of them you know d- gave a, a, a a tip of the hat, if you will, to Prop 47, 57, and AB 109, saying it's made it difficult. But then you asked them to, they both mentioned the problem with sanctuary cities, but then you asked them to narrow it down to some substantive policy prescriptions for dealing with sanctuary city, sanctuary state, SB 54. What Alan offered up was a plan to gather the necessary signatures in the first 100 days to have a special election where he went actually put SB 54 before a vote of the people. Cox, on the other hand, said we need to make sure we have a legislature that listens to people. I'm not sure how you do what John Cox was suggesting, but here, Travis Allen at least had an idea of how to deal with sanctuary state. Right. And that's the only way that you're going to be able to repeal it. I think both of them are almost out of time here. Did not downplay the problems of just being governor. You still have a legislature. And that's still going to be controlled by the Democrats and overwhelmingly likely. And none of them really sort of really addressed how they're going to deal with that problem. One of the other things that came out were financial issues dealing with uh, seniors. Uh, John Cox had an interesting uh, solution to that and also on the pension plan and climate change. But you can go watch the whole debate by going where, Greg? You can go to the Redlands Tea Party Patriots Facebook page. You can go to our, our website or on YouTube. If you search for Redlands Tea Party Patriots, the entire debate is posted there. Encourage you to look at that to help you make up your mind. And the Riverside Press Enterprise, they, they, they did an article and they put the actual video into their article. So we encourage you to go make up your mind. That's going to do it for us. Another edition of the Unite Inland Empire radio program. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
the explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.